Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Cthulhu Dreamt. Cthulhu Dreamt is a concept project exploring themes of loss, fear, and battling elements larger than ourselves. The latest album, Precursor, is one you don't want to miss. And here is my interview with Cthulhu Dreamt. I'm going to send a new link now. Hello? Oh, there you go. Hello. Okay. That, okay. That was crazy. <laughs> it, How uh, you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, Bob. Thank you so much for, uh, <laughs> for allowing me to be tardy, A, but B, just like, you know, being cool and, uh, and talking to me. <laughs> Oh, no problem at all. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me. Yeah. How are you doing today? Doing great. I wanted to ask you about the recording process for Precursor. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, Precursor. So, Cthulhu Dreamt is like a, it's, it's a, so far it's a, like a concept project and um, I've got, like a few different mates kind of around the U S and one in England who like are all contributors to the music. And so what happens is, is like myself or any of them will come up with something, whether it's a riff or like, you know, thoughts on like the structure of a song and they'll shoot it over to me and then I'll kind of sit down and, take that riff and like build a song around it or like take their ideas and kind of arrange it into a full song. And, uh, and precursor kind of follows suit with that. Um, with, uh, just kind of having these ideas and then building them out over time. And, uh, a lot of times it might just, you know, a song might be all me. Um, but yeah, like working with my friends, sending riffs and like bouncing ideas off of each other uh, is kind of how we've worked so far. And is this the first release? No. Um, our first release was in January of 21. That was a self-titled uh, studio album. I'll have to definitely check that out. I also want to ask you about the mixes on it. Uh, how did it the mixes come about the different mixes for the tunes. Uh, do you mean like from an engineering standpoint, like the mix mastering process? Or... Yeah. So yeah. How'd that come about? I mean, like, so in my kind of what I do as part of my daytime work is uh, media composer. And so I write music for like commercials or like, teasers or trailers for like small indie projects kind of across the internet and stuff. And, uh, and so I do a lot of the mixing myself and, you know, I, I didn't get an education in music engineering. Like now I wish I had the time to, to do that, but cause a lot of it's like learning on the job type of stuff and mm. uh, precursors kind of like that. Like um, I do, for, for, for Precursor, I spent uh, a lot of time kind of working through the, the mixing and the mastering of, of 
those tracks, like the first seven tracks on the on the streaming release. They're very, they're done very well. That's one thing I noticed right off the bat upon listening to the album. Oh, thank you. I also wanted to ask you um, if you could speak on the title track and on Obulus. Oh, so the yeah, so so that was kind of funny. Like uh, the title track is the third track um, on the EP, and uh, essentially precursor. We're we're calling the EP precursor because it's the thing that comes before like our next release, which is going to be kind of a a big big release for us and kind of a different, a whole different chapter of the Cthulhu dreamt story I guess you could say but uh Mm -hmm. but like precursor the song itself is about like the things that are coming before and uh and a lot of the album you know the EP is is kind of setting up these musical themes and like the idea of these different entities within the story world um to prepare for the next chapter and um and Precursor kind of follows along that line. And then the track Tar Sands Obelisk mm-hmm. is, uh, is like a reimagining of a track called Obelisk from our second studio album. And, uh, what, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, essentially an acoustic version, but uh, we replaced like the percussion with like world percussion, uh, you know, big, big kind of, uh, ethnic drums and mm-hmm. like Middle Eastern um, bowed instruments. And uh, we wanted to kind of get that flavor going because, you know, we've always like on our albums and this EP, like we're not shy about going way outside of the metal genre. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're kind of setting that up because in the next chapter of, of the, of the story of the music, which will be coming out later. Um, part of that story takes place in like Africa and the Middle East. So we kind of wanted to set this, the sound world and get that kind of in, in listeners' ears. Yeah, I find uh, the album as a whole very immersive and the tracks um, are very cinematic and feel. Um, it gives you a great uh, escape when you're listening. I like really appreciate that you say that because like and i don't mean to keep like alluding to the next thing that's happening but the next thing that is happening is we're doing a soundtrack for um a tabletop game and so we're essentially it's essentially like a movie score except you know it's for it's for a game so it won't it won't be like tied to picture it'll be uh you know we'll have strategic places where somebody can like scan a QR code and be like, this is the song that we envision going with this thing that's happening in the game. Wow. Wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cool. I wanted to ask, uh, what track was the most challenging for you? Oh, you know, this could take a couple different, like, uh, perspective answers um, because I think... For me, like writing the track, uh, the hardest one for me was probably Trace Amounts of Death um, because I wanted to get a couple different feels in there. And 
I'm more of like, like I'm not really like a speed guy. I really like slower, kind of crunchier, you know, rhythmic stuff. But like Trace, like starts out really kind of super fast, and then, you know, halfway through it, it devolves, and then it goes into this like proggy section, and then it goes into what normally is my bread and butter, like the rhythmic, like genty type stuff. Um, so from a writing perspective, that one was probably the harder of, of the tracks to write. But then, you know, uh, from another perspective, like from an emotional standpoint, uh, the, the track Eu Euclidean Fields was probably the toughest just because, um, like, <laughs> to kind of preface the answer, uh, the whole project kind of began as a way for me to process, like, having lost a daughter and uh, Euclidean Fields includes a wife or a poem performed by my wife uh, about our daughter. And, uh, and so like that one from an emotional standpoint was pretty tough to kind of, to, to kind of get through, but, you know, I do this to process all these feelings and, and these things. So it's very cathartic and rewarding, uh, but at the same time, you know, hard to like listen to or like, kind of envision how to how to do that you know sure absolutely i wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the arts that was involved as well yeah so like for the first two albums and then for the ep2 um i've always gone out to artists whose work i i like a lot and then i essentially like ask them to give me their vision of Cthulhu. Like I might give them a prompt mm. or something like, you know, Cthulhu is here or Cthulhu is here. And so, you know, precursor, I asked a friend of mine who I've worked with before and I was like, Hey, have, pre have Cthulhu like coming out of this cave here or something. And, and he just kind of threw that down and, and it's, it's cool because it's like all these still images of Cthulhu if you line up the albums kind of side by side and, and you can yeah it's just it's just neat to look at the different visions and versions of Cthulhu and I also wanted to ask you speaking of um the band name how did the band name come to be so when we when we started this thing back in 2020 like I always knew that um that the that it was going to be story based and Cthulhu was going to be the, the analogy for all of those things in like our human lives that, that we don't have control over and can, in, you know, in different ways can kind of destroy us like depression or loss or like sure. anger and all these things. So because we were setting the story in this world where Cthulhu was a presence, um, you know, it was kind of easy to just go into the the mythos and the writings of Cthulhu and and find something that that uh, kind of encapsulated not only the presence of Cthulhu, but like the dream the dream part of the dreamt is is kind of a huge thing too because like the story for the first album was this mother who lost their child and you know dreamt of a way to reconnect with them and then through science like was able to open this portal to a parallel world 
but invariably she also like brought Cthulhu into this world when that happened. So, mm. um, so the dreaming part is like kind of a huge thing because, you know, kind of bringing it back into real life, you know, having these dreams of what you're going to do with this person who you're bringing into the world and then like having those dreams robbed, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it was pretty fitting and having that those words Cthulhu dreamt as kind of a paraphrase of like the really famous line you know dead Cthulhu waits dreaming in his sunken city of Raleigh um, was just kind of like apropos of the right. project I also wanted to ask you about your personal musical journey at what age did you begin and uh what time did you know that uh, this was a calling for you? Oh, I mean, my parents listened to music like ever since I was a baby. And, you know, I remember my mom listening to like 50s, uh, 50s music and my dad like listening to Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and, and all that stuff. So I was always like musically kind of immersed. And then uh, in grade school, I picked up the violin and then put it back down and I picked up the saxophone and put it back down and and uh and then like I heard Metallica's Black Album and Megadeth's Rust in Peace album and I was like I want to play guitar and picked up up guitar and like never looked back and and uh and then kind of like chased that like you know I was in choir all throughout school and then I went to I eventually got a degree in music composition um, to kind of like put a button on all of that. And then now I'm able to, to make it like a a big part of my life as like, you know, part of my day job. And then most everything I do for fun. (laughs) I also wanted to ask you um, along your musical journey, what has been the best advice that's been given to you along the way? (laughs) Oh man, like I I really don't want to like cop out anybody's journey but, but probably the best advice I got was like get a day job and then try to make your your you know your inspiration your aspiration and and like and uh yeah, like I don't know if I could even do the creative stuff that I do without a job just cuz there isn't a ton of money in creative arts. <laughs> sure. And that's a sad reality because, uh, you know, uh, one the only plus side of it is that at least artists are able to produce their own music uh, a lot easier than they could without going in a studio, without being signing a devil's deal with a record company somewhere. Oh, I mean, that is like a hundred percent true. Like, um, the, the, the proliferation of streaming, while not great for artists has also at the same time, like created so many more opportunities for people to live on their art from streaming, like than ever before. I mean, there are more people now who earn a living, like having their music streamed than there ever has been in the past. And Sure. You know, without it, so like streaming is a is a total double edged sword, <laughs> right? Because uh, you know, I try to get across to my 
my fan base that artists aren't making a living off that 0.01 cent. No. When you listen on Spotify, you know, if you want to really um, be a part, need to buy a physical copy, get the T-shirt, go see a band live, because that's where the money goes into the band's pocket. And that's true. And like, you know, I, I would say that for anybody who like listens to or enjoys music and it doesn't even have to be mine. Like, obviously, if you like mine, yeah, like buy a T-shirt. That would be great. But like if you love anybody else, like support them beyond streaming if you can. You know, that's sure. it's huge for the community. And it just like it makes it makes their their job worth doing, I guess, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it takes a it I guess the main point for me, I'm an old guy. I, I grew up and I was um I'm fifty-seven, so I was an eighties kid. Okay. So uh you know, I missed the whole experience of going to the store, buying the album, taking that shrink wrap off, putting it on a turntable and listening to it in its entirety. I think that I personally believe you can't base a band off of what they released as singles. As a matter of fact, when I review stuff, if I see something on YouTube, I disband it. I'll listen to it last mm. because I want to see what the real meat and potatoes of the band is about. Yeah. And I think that listening to the album in its entirety, you know, has a purpose, especially in, in most albums. There's so many concept albums now that if you're just listening to a single track, you're missing the whole the whole point that's yeah that's exactly right and that's that's kind of how i think of cthulhu dreamt too like the first two albums especially you know i don't think in terms of singles um and it's you know which is kind of uh backwards from like how things work now like singles are what you're supposed to do to kind of like stay relevant and you know, stay in everybody's kind of feed, I guess, their social right. feed. But like when I when I think of Cthulhu Dreamt, I think of how each song connects to the next. Like and I, you know, I purposefully write it this way so that, you know, when one song ends, it bleeds right across and the other song begins so that it's a listening experience if you wanna do it that way, you know? Sure. And I wanted to ask you, if you could pick your favorite number one album of all time, what would you say that would be? Oh, man. Oh, like, <laughs> I should have anticipated that question. <laughs> There's like, it's so hard to pick one because, to, you know, like in the moment, the, the mood can change and like that might not be my favorite anymore. Um, oh God, like if I was stranded on a beach with one album, uh, I'm, uh, I might, the first, the first favorite that pops into my mind is, um, the shape of punk to come by refuse. Uh, um, it's yeah. Like that album, that album is really good. It, it does the same kind of stuff that I love. Like it flows. It's got very, you know, varied musical genres within the album itself. 
and then when it's when it goes heavy it goes <laughs> i also wanted to ask you we touched on a little bit before um we talked about merchandise um what's the best way to get merchandise and to get a hold of a physical copy of this oh um so yeah like we've got a web store um you can find it at uh, like our studio's webpage, which is fablefactory.org. And there's like links kind of all over the place um, for the different projects and a link at the top that goes like directly to our store. And uh, that, yeah, that's the best place. Like everything's on Bandcamp too, but uh, going through the web store, you, you know, there's less uh, middleman fees for that one. Right. <laughs> And uh, I want also wanted to ask you about the music scene in your area. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I'm I am located in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, and uh, like because it's a big city, kind of in the middle of you know the Midwest, we get pretty much all the shows coming through, like for the big acts. But like our local scene is killer. Also, I mean, I just went to a show last night. Uh, of local guys you know and uh, a band that I love locally is called Phase Meridian and they killed it and then there was a couple hardcore bands you know uh, one called Common Choir and uh, yeah they, it was just a super awesome show to just roll up to on a Saturday night and I gotta ask you because I'm a huge fan so uh, are you a huge Vikings fan <laughs> yeah i like i like the local teams i'm like i'm more hockey than i am football but uh but yeah like it's hard not to have the game on you know whenever you're uh just putzing around the house so yeah for sure like they're definitely my favorite nfl team <laughs> yeah i'm in ohio and uh i've always been a vikings fan nice oh, i'm I remember being a kid growing up and I was going, man, that's the coolest fucking helmet of a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And I mean, it, it, it works too. Purple pride. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to ask you, um, as far as, uh, besides this, this game interaction album that's in the works, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you, uh, what is the vision? Like if you could give me a mission statement of the band, what would you say it is? Um, to tell a story that is meaningful and entertain. Um, I, I think that's pretty much it. And I mean, that's kind of what we've been doing so far. You know, like we haven't, uh, because we've been a studio concept band thus far, like we've never attempted to, try to play anything live or, you know, do shows or anything. But uh, like that is like part of the forward vision, like the roadmap, if you want to mm -hmm. say that for Cthulhu Dreamt, it's like, you know, finish this game, get the game and the soundtrack out there. And like, as soon as the work is done for the, for the soundtrack, like we're going, like we're, we're kind of sitting down and starting to write the studio album three and then by the time that's ready for release, we're going to have whoever we need, lo like locally, we're going to 
build the band locally as it were since you know a couple of our guys are scattered to the wind and mm-hmm. start playing shows and hopefully like the plan is to have our first show as a band be the release show for the third album that is great yeah i think uh i i personally can't wait to hear the back catalog because i couldn't uh, find any that's why i asked you because it didn't seem like this was a uh a first album be went upon listening to it because it's just uh too well done oh well i appreciate <laughs> that I, I you know i like i would i would love to hear your thoughts when you go back and be like you know like any thoughts that you had on the development as you kind of go back to the first album and then through the second album too like i i would love to hear that perspective yeah i i def, i'll definitely uh send you send that to you nice and uh lastly i wanted to ask you if you could give a message to your fans what would that message be uh just a huge and resounding thank you um you know anytime that that somebody can connect with something that you're creating that is meaningful to you as well. Like, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't write the stuff to like purposefully entertain anybody in particular. Like we write it for ourselves. So when it's, when somebody else out there, when it resonates with them, like that is huge. And the fact that anybody like listens to it or like buys an album or anything like, you know, even just like, gives a shout out and you know or a thumbs up or a like on a post like it's 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 meaningful and, it, and it's it kind of like helps justify us to like stay on the path well i think uh you're gonna have a lot more fans as time goes because uh the stuff is amazing and very as i said very immersive uh you know we all have different moods you know one you know, if I'm sitting uh, playing cards and having some beers, I want to hear some ACDC. But if I want to sit, relax, and be reflective, this is great stuff. And it, it has a, almost a uh, Floyd-like quality to it as well. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I I love Floyd. Like like I said, you know, my that was, that was my dad's band when he was growing up. And... Uh, he and I actually got to go to a Roger Waters concert last year. And that was like an amazing experience to share with my dad. Absolutely. I, it had to have been, I seen them the division bell tour and it was absolutely amazing. Ooh. Yeah. That would have been a good one. Um, David, I always talk all the time. Um, my podcast listeners are probably bored with it, but. I've always said, and I've always believed that David Gilmore could put more, do more with one note than most guitarists can do with 10. It, yeah, I agree. Just like the, yeah, it, like the, just the immersion into that sound world that, that those guys make is like, yeah, it's a trip. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know my dad watched it when he was not sober, uh, you know, or like listened to them when he was not sober. And I'll bet that would have been, uh quite a ride <laughs> oh absolutely well i wanted to thank you my friend for taking time to speak with me it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you for sure thank you so much for having me on your show bob
And uh, please feel free to update me when this new stuff comes about so I can get it out there to the people. Awesome. I will do that. All right. Thank you. And you have a great rest of your day, my friend. You too. You too. Cheers. Bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.